Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and the guy on the other side of the screen is my brother, Dusty. Thank you so much for tuning in on our little movie review on The Princess Bride. So, Dusty, I have a question for you. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? <laughs> okay, I know that's a quote I should know. Oh, Yes, I have. Or no, he says something like, yes, morons, or something like that. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry, like, you ruined I it, dude. All you had to do is say yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Morons. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> morons. Sorry about that. I just yeah. destroyed that. I was like, I'm supposed to say something. That's okay. <laughs> yep. No worries. Well, that, uh, that quote is one of my favorite of the movie, but this movie, it's, oh my God, it's unbelievably full of quotes. So let me ask you, you're the quote king. You remember, you know quotes, you regurgitate them, you use them all the time. What is your favorite quote from The Princess Bride? There's so many that come up in my brain. Um, the easiest ones, and I never use um, as you wish other than with my wife. You know, I'll, I'll literally say that every once in a while just for fun. You know, as you wish. Or uh, even yell it, as you wish, or something like that. Um, but it, inconceivable is probably, I like that one a ton. But I would have to say the one that just always sticks in my brain as one that's most fun is... Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yep, that's 100%. one of the best ones, I think. Yeah, mine too. I mean, if, if that that's the one quote that stands out above all others from this movie. And my guess is it's the most famous quote. I mean, there was the quote from uh, Vizzini about, uh, you know, uh, the one thing you got to stay away from is a land war in Asia, but only slightly more famous is never battle with a Sicilian when death is on the line. It's another good quote, but I that was a good one. That is the best one right there. Yep. And you also have Andre the Giant say, "My way's not very sportsmanlike." Yeah, that's good too. Yeah, it's just amazing. This movie is just full, so full of quotes, and it reminds me of like a really good, um, I guess, uh, uh, tenet of screenwriting is when you have a character, and when you have a scene like full of a lot of characters and stuff. Every character, the things that they say should specifically come from that one character. If you read that line on paper, you know exactly which of your characters said it. Because if it's a line that anybody could have said, it's probably not necessary in the movie, right? And every line in this movie, it's it fits that character so much. Everything that Wesley says as the farm boy, and then as um, um, uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts later, everything that Buttercup says, Prince Humperdinck, everything they say totally fits their characters. And I really appreciate that about the movie. Is there something that Prince Humperdinck said quite a bit? No, well, no, no, not, not something he said quite a bit, but all of his haughty oh. words, all of his, if oh, I find got it. her dead, I shall be really put out. You know, I mean, <laughs> things like that, they just show a total pomposity, if that's a word, for Prince Humperdinck, I get it. you know? Yeah. So all the characters had their same um, uh, quirks and personality and all the way throughout the entire movie. Now, one of my more favorite characters is Billy Crystal being the the Miracle, uh, Miracle Max. Max. Love him. He's so funny. It's hilarious. And then his wife comes. I don't remember her name, but Valerie. she's calling him a liar and everything. That was such a fun scene. But the now I got to ask you a question. Do you think if not if. Do you think, or two parts to it, would Hollywood, because they, they, it's hard for them to come up with new things, which I get it. It's it's really hard, especially when there's so many movies out there. 
Do you think they'll ever do a remake of The Princess Bride? And number two, if they did, would it anywhere near compare to the original? Your first question was, would they ever? Yes, they would do it because they're out of ideas and they can't come up with new ideas. But, I mean, there are so many writers. Everybody has new ideas. There's so many screenplays floating around that nobody's made before. You don't need to rehash the old stuff. And the second, the answer to the second question is no. There's no way it could be ever as good. How could you find a better uh, a, a better Wesley or Dread Pirate Roberts, a better Inigo, um, Fezzik, like Andre the Giant? I mean, sure, you can get Steve, uh, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin in there or something. But, man, you just cannot beat these actors 100%. There's no way it could be. Peter Falk is the grandfather. I And who are you going to throw in in Fred Savage's place? There's nobody that can do as, as like, kind of like a cool little grandson, uh, 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 frustrated, not frustrated, but, like, bored with his dad, um, kind of a kid, than, than Fred Savage, man. You can't do better than this. No way. Yeah, I agree. And Inigo Montoya was perfect. I don't remember his name, but Andy he's been in Patinkin. other movies. Yeah, other TV shows and everything. He's really, really fun. Um, the only person I could think of for Andre the Giant is there's a new guy that was in the Game of Thrones. And you still haven't watched it, have you, Game of Thrones? No, I haven't, but I know who you're talking about. The Mountain is his nickname. Uh, he's like half Thor is his name. He's half Thor. It's literally half, like half of Thor, but half Thor. Um, and he goes by The Mountain is his nickname. And he's huge. He's like 6'9". He has to be at least 400 pounds. I mean, if you think of like a Goliath back in, you know, biblical times, a Goliath, Goliath was probably about another two feet taller than him. But this guy, the mountain is huge. He would be really good. But then again, I don't think he has, because I've, I've seen a little bit of the mountain, how he talks and everything. Andre the Giant is just He's like a gentle giant. That's why he fit really, really well inside this. Like he's huge. Like you see his hands when he picks up uh, uh, an eagle. It's like, oh my goodness, that guy is gargantuan. So it, it would be hard to, I don't think they could find any a greater cast than that they already picked. Whoever casted this was brilliant. Yep, one hundred percent. I didn't. I didn't look. Uh, look up who that was. Uh, did you know this was a Rob Reiner film? And that guy's been involved in so many great movies. I mean, we taught. We discussed one of his prior movies, The Goonies, before. You know, uh, he's just a great director. And I don't think did either of us mention when we talked about our top five movies from childhood. Did either of us mention The Princess Bride? I have a thing, a reason why that we didn't. Because I know I didn't. Or at least I don't remember doing it. We might have, but it doesn't come to mind. I don't ever remember watching this in theaters, but we watched it over and over and over again on like VHS or DVD. But I don't think many people remember watching it in the theater. I know we didn't. Yeah, I guarantee it was a it was a VHS rental. Our mom probably rented it five or six times before we eventually owned it on VHS, you know, and that's how we watched it. And over over on cable, too, I would imagine. You know, we grew up with we had a HBO and, and Showtime or something, and I'm sure it popped up on there a lot and we watched it there. So we have to go right into the grade. What grade do you give The Princess Bride? A plus. There's there's no way other movies can compare with it. And on other levels, like Avengers Endgame, A plus as well, but total action paying off on 20 movies and stuff, you know, but Princess Bride, like you cannot create a better love story, a better fantasy movie than this one. Like you can create things comparable, same level, but there's no way you can do better. A plus. And it's a movie about a book with a movie in it talking about the book and like just the the complexity in that was rather fun the way they shot that the way they told that story which is really really fun 
I personally give this an A plus. I mean, you can't, like I said, you can't beat this movie. If you try to remake it, you're literally going to be wasting your money. You might get a few, excuse me, a few people to see it, uh, but at the same time, they're going to be like, "Oh, this is horrible. Don't go watch it." I just, I don't see them ever being able to pull it off. So, I absolutely give this an A plus. Now, if we were to go into the nuances of like the only character that I really dislike. All right, let me ask you before I tell you who. Is there any character that you disliked in the movie? Nobody I disliked. No, I liked them all. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to see Prince Humperdinck lose. I wanted to see the six-fingered count die. And then, like, everybody else, like, there wasn't any other really bad guys other than the albino. Everyone else in the story was basically good. So I'm happy with all the characters. So this character talks so irritatingly horribly. I just was like, this person needs to die. (laughs) Mowedge. Mowedge is... Thank goodness, I hate that. Hurts my ears and my brain whenever I hear that. Uh, the, you know the guy, the actor saying it, but it's just it's so bad. But no, it honestly though, I found that Princess Buttercup was just lackluster. Like I literally didn't care one bit about her. I don't know if it was the actress. I uh, she was in uh, Forrest Gump too. She seems like a fine actress, but like I literally had zero care for her at all, and. Honestly, it probably because she just doesn't seem to come across as likable, like even in any part of it. I didn't care for her at all. What are your thoughts? I agree with you as well that she is the least likable of all the characters. And I don't know that it's Robin Wright Penn's fault. I mean, it might be kind of her fault, but it's also the fact that we just care about the other characters so much that somebody has to be below everyone else. And she is it. Even though the movie is The Princess Bride, she's in the namesake or... Her name is in the title of the movie, whatever. She just, everyone else is just more memorable, more interesting. She's basically just a damsel in distress. And yeah, she thought Wesley was dead. So she agreed to marry the prince. That's, I'm fine with that. Um, And then she wanted to save his life as well um, after the fire swamp. But yeah, I agree with you. She's the most like lackluster character. Yeah, every single scene that you see of her, especially in the beginning, she's just bossing Farmer Boy around. And then she is just lackadaisical or not really wanting to marry Prince Humperdinck. And then all through the time, my Wesley's going to save me. You know, it's... it's, Yeah, so... Well, she's just a damsel in distress thing. She never took the initiative to do anything good other than mm, forcing the prince to promise that he would stay alive. But that didn't work out, of course. If in the storytelling they would have had her be a caring person or somebody that would like help people and it showed her a little personality out of her, maybe that might have helped, might have helped a little bit. But yeah, um, all the, other than that, like I, it seemed like all of them were really, really good. I would have liked to have been a part of this, the whole cast or like the part of this whole thing just because it just seemed like a really, really good movie. In fact, um, what's, what's the guy that plays, what's his name that plays Wesley? Carrie Elvis. Yes, Carrie Elwes. I just like all of his movies. He has really, really good movies. Um, I really enjoy watching him in all of his movies. And as I'm thinking of the other movies that he's in, this is the first one that I recognize him as an actor. Is that? Did you know of him acting in any other movies before that? I don't think so. My guess is to me, he was a he was a, well. 
I'm pretty sure he was an unknown before this one. Maybe he appeared in some stuff, and I didn't look him up on IMDb before this one. But this is guaranteed. This made him. After this movie, I mean, yeah. he probably started getting casted in tons of different things. And then anybody who thinks about The Princess Bride, you automatically think of Wesley, and you think of Andre the Giant and Inigo Montoya. Those three characters are the number one, like, everyone will remember them from this. Yeah. Cool. So I already quickly thought of a prop and more than likely every single person would think the same prop. What is your prop that you want for the movie? Inigo's sword. Absolutely. <laughs> it, well, so you'll take Inigo's sword. I'll take the six finger man sword. So we'll have the, you know, the pair dueling swords. Yeah, totally. Good choice. Yeah. His yeah, sword that's what I pretty want. good. They didn't really demonstrate it. Like them, not demonstrate uh, showcase it like Inigo at one point, you know, Gave his sword to Wesley. Wesley looked at it. The camera focused on it. I mean, you saw how beautiful that sword was, man. How could you take... I don't think you could take anything else as a prop from this one. Mm -mm. When you mentioned that, it got me thinking, if you're going to fight somebody, like if you're going to do a pistol fight or you're going to do a gun fight or a gun or a, a sword fight or a knife fight, never give your enemy your weapon. They don't care how proud of it you are. Like, why would you take it out here? Check out my sword. Like, oh, yes, I'm going to look at it and then gently give it back to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that is so weird. <laughs> I agree with you. You wouldn't do that. But in those three battles between the Dread Pirate Roberts and the other three guys, I love the gentlemanliness through each of the scenes, right? Even um, like even Vizzini, who was kind of like the biggest prick, he was willing to kill the princess. The other two didn't know about that initially, right? Well, even he had kind of a gentlemanly thing. Oh, we'll just do a challenge. And he puts his knife away. Wesley could have just jumped across the table and throttled him him and saved uh, Princess Buttercup at the time, right? I, I love the gentlemanly nature of all three battles. Now, which of those three is your most favorite one? It has to be the sword fight scene. They, they did a great job. Phenomenal job. I do love the fight with Andre's giant and the battle of wits with Ficini. That was super creative. Hey, you know, it put it in both of our cups. And I don't remember if I, as a kid, if I would have saw that coming, I was like, what's going to happen? Oh yeah. no. But um, it has to be the sword fight scene just because it's so creative. They did a really good job dancing all around like almost dancing like it's just a choreography all throughout this entire set and they did a decent job creating the set really really fun how about you i agree with you that's my favorite and i think i saw a behind the scenes thing once on the princess bride where arrow flynn's sword coach the same guy that taught them how to do lightsaber battling in star wars whatever his name was he also actually helped in uh uh vigo mortensen in the lord of the rings he was his coach as well the same guy taught them like he was the on-set instructor for all of those and so yeah all those sword battles are great like the the actors know what they're doing because they were trained so well and that's one thing i remember about this one and yes i agree sword fight but i do love how you said the quote at the very beginning andre the giant's character of fezzik was all my way is not very sportsmanlike." yeah that's totally gentleman i loved how he threw the rock to scare him and then decided let's just do a battle of you know physical me versus you no weapons i love that and then the the main the the mind game at the end it just it just highlighted the fact that we didn't know about it ahead of time but this wesley is pretty darn capable i mean he could have led any military battle he could be voted for the president of the united states with his capabilities you know right i agree he has uh, he's well rounded obviously and fezic not fezic um yeah, Fezzik. He was the one that actually, oh, you know, you must have been very talented to beat my Spaniard. Then you oh, must Vizzini. be very strong. Vicini, sorry, Vicini. Yeah. Fezwick is the giant. Mm -hmm. giant. Uh, Vicini was, you know, saying, hey, but you're no match for my brains. When 
Yeah, that opening uh, quote, you know, Aristotle, Socrates, morons. Now, this um, wasn't one yeah. of my lessons, but it highlights the fact that don't um, don't just automatically put somebody in a box, especially if you don't know them at all, right? Like he said, oh, you're strong and you're capable, but you can't match my intellect. No, you didn't know that about him at the start, right? That should have been on the table. One of the things that he's capable of doing. It's pretty interesting right there. Yeah, and I think for any any enemy or anybody that you're up against, you should definitely never think that you're better than them or that you know better or you know anything like that. You should actually try to think that hey, they might be able to outsmart me or they might have something up their sleeve. You you don't want to go in thinking and I'm going to beat this person. Or if you're going to like, let's say you're playing a sport, you're on a sports team and you're going to play another team, like, man, we're going to beat them so bad. And you almost start to overlook this team in front of you to the next team that's supposedly really, really good. You overlook the team in front of you, and then you lose to them because you're not prepared. You're not preparing like you should, like it's the only game that you're going to be playing. Because, you know, okay, here's one thought. If you're going to be uh, you know, playing a sports game, and you have your games that you're playing, you know, your seasons one game after another, but then your last game is your very, very last game that you're going to play. You're going to play it the best because, it's my, hey, it's my last one. I'm going to pull everything out. But the one in the middle, like your third game of the season, if it's a bad, bad um, team, you might not. But then if you have something like Corona come around, Rona runs around and everything stops and you don't have any more games. You're like, shoot, I should have laid, you know, did everything back then. Same thing with every single fight. Same thing with everything. Everything that you do, you should do it as hard as you can, 100%. And one thing that our stepdad taught us is if you're going to do it, you want to do it right and do it the first time, you know, do it right and do it right the first time. So you don't have to do it over again, get it all out do your best then. Yep, for sure. And one of the big mistakes, and this is my Monday morning quarterback. Well, I have too many morning quarterbacks, but one of the big ones deals with this scene with Vizzini. If you accept somebody's challenge, don't let them set the rules of engagement, right? He allowed this guy, Black Mask, choose the Iocane powder thing. Well, there's an old story. Amarillo Slim, famous Texas, uh, famous poker player, right? He, poker players do all these prop bets, like additional bets on the side, challenging each other to try to win extra money, right? Well, he challenged this one guy to play ping pong with him, and they would both hold like a Coke bottle. Not 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 like a bottle, but like a, a Coke bottle, like a, a a Coke glass, I mean to say. And we'd play against each other with Coke glasses. And the, the other guy accepted. But he didn't know that for weeks, Amarillo Slim has been practicing playing ping pong with a Coke bottle in order to do this challenge to get somebody, right? So Vizzini totally screwed up. He shouldn't let him, Dread Pirate Roberts, dictate the terms of the engagement. And he lost because of it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good thought. I need to start practicing ping pong with a Coke bottle. That's, that's right. A, that's, that's a good right. idea. Make some extra money on the side, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's a good lesson. That is a very, very good lesson. So my Monday morning quarterback, because I know you said you probably have another one, but so if we go into my Monday morning quarterback, it is instead of splitting up, because I know, well, no, there's two thoughts, because it, um, Vicini wants to keep moving, wants to move um, the princess and get the princess away and but he realizes nobody's following him so it's like hey what's the rush but then when somebody's following him oh we gotta go we gotta go climb we can get away we can get away and then when he's climbing up he's about ready to you know they're over the cliffs of insanity they're getting ready to leave and he stops and says okay inigo you stay here and you fight him i'm like why don't you all take him on like literally jump them all or like 
hey, we're trying to make sure that we're going to get this princess and get our job done. Um, let's all leave at once. Like all stay together. Why, why leave one? And then and anyways, but it made for really, really fun. Like three tests that our hero had to go through, which in every video game, you're going to have something like that. So like one, one uh, boss to the next boss to the main boss and all that sort of stuff. Really fun. But that's what I would have done. Kept everybody together. Yep, for sure. That's a good point right there. Uh, my second Monday morning quarterback is why is Prince Humperdinck marrying somebody who doesn't want to marry him? I know he wants to kill them eventually, but if you're marrying somebody who doesn't really want to marry you, you're just possibly causing more headaches before the wedding, before the big scandal, before trying to pit your country against theirs. You know, I don't understand that. Find somebody who you don't mind killing, but who wants to marry you because that's one less headache, one potential, one less potential problem for you. I was actually thinking of something like that. Like, why would you find somebody and have to force somebody to marry you when they don't want to? When I'm sure there are a hundred of hags that are be like, oh, I would love to marry the prince. And you bring him on and, oh, he killed, like, that that country killed our prince, uh, princess. And, you know, like, why? <laughs> That's a good point. I yeah. love that point. <laughs> Did they ever... Um uh, say the reason why they wanted Gilder, why they wanted to get into a war with Gilder was Prince Humperdinck just like wanting their resources or something. I don't recall. I think there was a long battle. Like there, it's been prolonged. If I, I remember, it was like really quick or something said, and I could be just making it up. But it said, I remember it correctly. It was like a long, prolonged thing that they've always had some sort of like skirmish or some a sort rivalry of issue. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I just didn't didn't pick up on that for myself. Um, let me see here. You know what's interesting about this movie is that I couldn't pick up on any uh, any character development. Most of the best movies, you see your character, your hero, go from here to here. You see a little bit. I mean, he's just a farm boy, farm boy, and now he's a totally um, capable pirate. Basically, you you see that. But you don't really see the development. He leaves and comes back as this, right? You don't you don't see the steps that, that took him to get there. But the interesting thing is you don't need that for a movie like this. Every mm-hmm. single character, and the movie probably takes place over three days, kidnap the princess. He spends one or two nights in the uh into the pit of despair, you know, and then comes out and then and stops the wedding, so it's not a big time frame. But every character comes in fully developed. When you see um Inigo and Fezzik and Vicini on the first time, you know what they're all about from the way they speak, the way they say things. I'm not very sportsmanlike. Oh, come up on a, you know, you take a rest and then we'll fight when you're ready. Like every character is fully developed. And it's, it's one of the weird instances when you don't need character development. Like you are behind and you love the characters from the start as soon as everyone is introduced. There is one character development that you missed, dude. Hmm. The one? albino. The albino <laughs> did some great character development he was talking like, yeah, like he's, and then he just perks up and he's trying to help him out and clean it up. So I think you missed that. But yeah. other than that, you're absolutely right. The only one we see is Wesley, but you never see. We don't. It's not documented that he actually. You know, what happened is just we now rem, or can extrapolate from everything he's doing now that he did this and learned, and he as he's explaining to the princess and all that. Yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting to see that there is no character development because it's stories are really fun when there is character development. So that's a good point. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? Nowadays, I couldn't suddenly, um, you know, start a business. I, I Maybe I could. I could start a business and then give it up and sell it to you, but then hire a whole new staff and introduce Dusty as the guy who created and, and started this business, and I slowly walk away, and now you take over. I guess you could do Dread Pirate Roberts kind of stuff in the in the now as well, as long as they don't, I don't know, 
Google your name or something. I see Sky Matsuashi. My face, <laughs> this guy is here now. You know, I guess it's possible nowadays still. It is. It is kind of possible. Yeah, it is. If everything with social media, though, be a little hard. But yeah, if you're creating something, that's yeah. But that's fun. I, it's rather fun that I would like to see what what would have been really fun is the spinoff of the Princess Bride, and that'd be Inigo as the um, Dread Pryor Roberts, and you see them ch- change over, and you see all that. That would have been really, really fun to see that happen. And then the new movie is the Dread Pirate Roberts. That would have been pretty fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, my boys had never watched this movie. They watched it with me last night. They absolutely love it. But Mason, somewhere along the journey of watching YouTube videos and stuff, he learned what the ROUSs were. So he already knew that aspect of the movie ahead of time. Um, what do you think about the whole fire swamp scene? That's one of my favorites, watching them go through it. I liked it, um, but at the same time, I think it was the the darkness of it, meaning like just the coloring of it. It just kind of it 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 it's a fast, fast moving, and then all of a sudden you get to the pit of, or the uh, the fire swamp, and it's like it halts the movie. Not saying it's bad because you pro- you do need something like that, um, but you have this whole chase, you have a whole bunch of stuff going, 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 and then all of a sudden you get inside there. But I love seeing the ROUSs; those things are so much fun. When I was young, I was like. R-O-U-S, I have no idea what that means. And as I got older, I realized it's rodents of unusual size. That's what it actually stands for. That's abbreviation. And what was interesting, Wesley sees one when Buttercup doesn't. He sees one and knows, uh-oh, there's an R-O-U-S. And then they're walking longer and walking longer. And she says, well, what about the R-O-U-S? Is he rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. Yeah. <laughs> so he already knew it. But uh, yeah, he's just playing along with her. But um, I, I, I think... It's an enjoyable scene, especially you know with you see Wesley diving into the the uh, sand, pulling him out. It's enjoyable. It wasn't my favorite scene though. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Uh, leading up to that scene, we get the Battle of Wits with Vizini, of course, and I love the idea. And it, it's my first life lesson, right? He built up a tolerance to iocane powder. Maybe as a pirate, in case anybody tries to poison you, you know, you'll be safe. Uh, from the iocane at least and so my first lesson is a bit of tolerance is a great thing right if you start off going through life you don't have air conditioning you live in through the heat you're working all day every day you can tolerate that in the future right like one of the things i think about with our kids they've got life so easy they're in they're in air-conditioned rooms all the time air-conditioned cars they have gigantic 60 inch televisions everything they want is on tv at any time prime delivery on youtube right or or in in amazon right everything is so easy for them i don't think our kids are developing the tolerance for how hard life can be not like you and i and i mean you and i looking back we had it easy if you compare it to like people that grew up in the 40s 50s 20s and stuff we had it easy. like every generation has things easier um but i think really tolerance is a good thing so get out there expose yourself to tough stuff tough elements germs and everything so you can survive better into the future that's a great point. That having building up that tolerance and, and actually experiencing that stuff. I like that, mm-hmm. especially germs. I mean, you know, right now we're in the COVID-19 coronavirus stuff. And when people say, well, we got to stay away from every germ, I'm like, no, that's what our immune system's for. Our immune system grabs those germs. That's why vaccines are supposedly working is because your body gets a little bit of that, that whatever that issue is, whatever the virus is or germs or whatever. And your body fi- figures out how to fight it and then it fights it. Yep. And so, yeah, getting, a, getting that tolerance. That's why, oh, there was, uh, it's, it's hilarious. You should, if you get ever think about it, um, do you remember, oh, so Bill and Ted's excellent invention. What was the guy's name? Um, who was the 
uh, station. The, no, no, that was the part two. Abraham um, Lincoln. No. <laughs> um, no, the the guy that, that was uh, Rufus. What was oh. Rufus's actor? Oh, George Carlin. George Carlton. Carlin. Yeah. So George Carlin had a stand-up skit back in like the eighties talking about how germs are actually good for you. Like we're sanitize this, sanitize this. I don't do that. If something, if a pizza falls on the floor, I pick it up and I eat it. If a dog walks it, I pick it up and I eat it because those are good for you. It's he does it so much better because it's George Carlin. He's yeah. brilliant. And, um, but it was really, really enjoyable to watch that. Cause like we're literally sitting where people are saying, Oh, I can't go out of my house. Cause I can't get any viruses. Now I'm not saying in downplaying the virus. Cause obviously people get sick from it and actually can die. But if we just lock ourselves in our house for the rest of our lives, it's going to get so much worse. Sure. So my first lesson is thinking of mercenaries and hiring any mercenaries, even though I'm never going to hire a mercenary. If I were, I would not. Or if, if it came up to hire a mercenary, I wouldn't because they could literally turn on you at the drop of a hat. So these mercenaries were hired by Prince Humperdinck, you know, through uh, Fasini all the way down. Like they were all hired, but they can literally turn on you just either if they want to or if they're, you know, paid higher or something like that. Never hire mercenaries. For sure. Good, good point right there. I don't think I'll ever own a multinational conglomerate where I need mercenaries, but who knows? But I'll keep that one to mind. Thank you very much. Um, now, seeing in this movie, you mentioned earlier about the, uh, you know, it was a it was reading a book within a movie, you know, the grandfather and the grandson, Fred Savage and stuff. And that just brought to mind another lesson where I didn't realize it before I had kids, but kids are impatient and they're a handful and you have to show patience when you handle those kids. I got my son looking at me right over there. Yeah, he knows that he he's a handful for sure, right? So for all you new parents who are potentially listening or future parents, just realize that being a parent's not an easy walk in the park, right? Your kid's not, like your kid is a dog who always wants your attention, but 10 times worse because they're actually able to talk to you and they're communicating with you and they ask you for things. And they want your opinion and they want you to buy stuff for them. Just be, <laughs> beware all you future parents. Kids are a handful and they're very impatient and you're going to feel that impatience. You know how to handle that, right? How? Just, it's, it's spanking. Just literally spank at the bottom, <laughs> especially when they're 28 and they still want things. No, That's I'm going right. to spank you. Get right. over my knee. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. When you're 28 uh, so years I'm, old, Dalen, you're getting a spanking. Yeah, getting a spanking. You asked me for uh, uh, car insurance money or something. Say, say Uncle Dusty uh, recommended that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I love that idea about the kids because that's what got me thinking of my second lesson was read to your kids. You, you could see when, and I think you had that. I can't remember which movie it was we've done in the past. You said something like this, but um, when. You have the very, very beginning, you have Fred Savage and you have um, uh, Peter Peter Falk reading the book. At the beginning, he uh, Fred Savage, the character, doesn't want to listen to, you know, oh, is this a kissing book, you know? And they didn't really grasp or appreciate what it was going to be read or that it could be actually really good. So as you go through it at the end, you know, Fred Savage's character is like, oh, I want to know more. And so on top of that, just reading to your kids, it gets them in their brains thinking. Now, when you have TV when you have apps, when you have your phone, you don't get to be creative as you would if you were listening to a story and creating that in your brain, imagining what it's like in your brain. So thinking of like um, Lord of the Rings. So eventually I'll probably either read the Lord of the Rings to my kids or because every night we read the Bible together. I literally read the Bible to my kids every single night. But at the same time, my wife is also 
reading other books to them. It gets them thinking, gets them uh, thinking about other things like picturing and visualizing things and thinking of what they would do in that instance, as opposed to just watching TV. So, um, but yeah, Lord of the Rings, before we even show them the movie, absolutely either going to, I'm going to read that to them or I will have them read it. So yeah, definitely be reading to your kids. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. And the fact that Fred Savage starts off nowadays because video games, TVs, YouTube are such a big thing in kids' lives. He was just like them back then. He was playing a video game when we see the beginning of the movie. But uh, uh, Peter Fox character comes in and says, back in the day when I was a kid, TVs were our books or what, however he says it, right? And that's how the kids nowadays feel. They don't want to read books. They don't understand the beauty in having to imagine what you're reading, right? Television, YouTube, that there's no imagining there. It t- they tell you exactly what you want to see, right? And so, yeah, you're right. The power of books, so important. Read books to your kids. I agree with you. We used to do that when they were growing up, uh, you know, as babies or whatever, up through five, six, seven years old. We read to them every night. Uh, so, well, yeah, but they haven't really picked up on it for themselves just yet. All right, Dust. So before we end this puppy, any last observations about The Princess Bride? Yeah, I think the last thing that I have would be, I need a catchphrase. I need a catchphrase that's going to be, you know, like inconceivable or, mm-hmm. you know, something I can say over and over again. The only thing, so with Master Passive Income, where I teach people how to invest in real estate and rental properties, I always encourage people to get started sooner rather than later. So one thing, and that's not my quote, I didn't make it up, but uh, what's what's fun, funny about quotes is if you say, if you actually quote somebody, you say a quote and you quote the person you said it. And then you say, well, in the past, I've said this, even though you've already in the past quoted somebody else. Now you say, well, in the past, I say this, I said this, I quoted this person. You don't give that name. Then the third time you do it, you say, well, I always say this. So you start taking it as your own quote. So maybe I could do that. But what I always say, again, do you see, I caught that. I just said, I always say this because even though somebody else's quote, I always say, when's the best time to plant a tree? It was 20 years ago. When's the second best time? It's today. Like, let's do it today. Do it right now. Don't put it off because in 20 years from now, you're going to wish, be wish, man, I wish I would have planted it 40 years ago or 20 years ago or today. So that, I'm just thinking of like catchphrases, but that's like something that I've always uh, say either on my podcast or anything like that. Do you have a catchphrase? No, I don't. Is it like, not really. bam, you've been served. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, no, <laughs> that's, that's a good one though. Bam, you've been served. Um, no, I can't, there's nothing I can think of right off the, off the top, <laughs> okay. off my dome. Yep. I go Zang a decent amount, but other than that, no. Zang. <laughs> that was from, uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's nice. World. Yep. Excellent. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Beans. So Dust, this movie was your choice. I'm so glad you chose it because I got to watch it with the boys. They left. Oh, I watched it with the boys. Denise was still at work. And then when she got home, I rewatched it with her. So I actually spent three hours watching this movie yesterday <laughs> with the boys. But it's totally worth it. Like this is a movie. That's another reason it gets an A+. Totally endlessly quotable, fun action, some good comedic Rewatchable. Elements, great actors. It's, so it's endlessly watchable, right? I'd recommend this to anybody who has never seen it before they've got to check it out i agree man yep so i'm glad you chose it but uh for next week of course once again the movie theaters aren't open can't see any new movies in theaters so i want to wait 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 wait. i'm in arizona the theaters are open so you got to go to a state where there's freedom what's like america's right now in arizona I haven't even looked because oh, I know okay. I wasn't going to – you're because you're not going to be able to go. So I'm like, uh, I don't want to go watch yeah. it. Oh, I actually – I really want to. 
And I've been missing going to the theater. So maybe, you know, $5 Tuesday next week, I might just go see what's out there and go watch a movie. If they were smart to get people back in theaters, they should re-release Avengers Endgame. They should re-release um, just any big movies in the past few years just to get people getting going back to the theater. Any, any big theatrical release. I release that requires a big screen. You know, you don't really want to release terms of endearment on the screen again, but end game will get me going back to the theater right away. Guaranteed. Nice. Cool beans. So next week I want to cover a new movie that hits Netflix and that's called the wrong Missy. Do you want to watch that one? Uh, I didn't see any trailers. It, now we, isn't that an Adam Sandler movie? It's a happy Madison movie. I don't think Adam Sandler okay. is in it, but it's his production company. Okay. Well, I do like David Spade and I love uh, Rob uh, Rob Schneider. He is hilarious. So yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Even though I know like over time as I get older, like the Adam Sandler type movies get a little old for me or a little wrong. Am I wrong? Okay, good. I'm probably wrong. wrong. Let's go ahead and watch it. (laughs) Well, let's hope you're wrong with this next movie. We'll, we'll see. But uh, thank you everybody so much for listening. We appreciate your ears and your eyeballs. If you're watching us on watch and learn podcast.com slash YouTube. Of course, you know how we uh, feel about this movie, but we want to hear your thoughts as well. So visit the show notes page, watch and learn podcast.com slash the princess bride and leave a comment right there for us. All right, everybody, once again, thank you very much. My name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with The Wrong Missy. Missy.